0: and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our 3 Podcast. This
1: might be college football.
2: We're live, second half of the show. It's National Signing Day, and uh, good afternoon. If you're just joining us, we've had a good show. A lot of big news. Uh, Florida picked up the uh, big quarterback it desperately uh, wanted. Uh We'll give you an update on uh, what the rankings look like, but Steve Kornacki has projected Georgia to be the winner with Alabama nipping close behind. Okay, I've... (coughs) (coughs) Almost better. Starting to drink a little more during the show than I normally do. You ready for this? Yes. John, <laughs> John. is next.
3: John? Hey, Paul, oh, how are you today? Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas, Paul. Uh, anyway, I was going to say that uh, <laughs> this isn't going to be a very, very fun call today because I'm going to be very nice. Oh, good. And uh, I think it's really great you're having the uh, one of the – is an archbishop coming on tomorrow? Uh,
2: His Excellency Bishop yeah. Marino. Yeah, I think that's super. And uh, anyway, I. I mean, John. I was just John to, by the way. Uh, yeah. What, sir? Is that okay with you? Yes, it is. Okay. And
3: Paul, <laughs> I was going to say I'm not going retri- to
2: We are now, uh, John. We have. We are now. Uh, I just talked to Danny Bramlett. Uh huh. Uh, And Randy's here in the studio. We have Mm -hmm. decided. Every guest and every caller, we have you now hooked in. Where you give a you give the thumbs up or thumbs down because we do not want to upset you.
3: Right. Well, Paul, I'm on my medication today. By the way, quite frankly, by the uh, way,
2: because I'd like a little bit of it. Uh, it's uh, Folgers coffee. You drink Folgers. That's
3: funny. Yeah, I do. I like Folgers. Anyway, I, uh, Paul.
2: Uh, I, I, uh, let me I we, let me get to the point. I we uh, um, That's
3: Mrs. Olson,
2: wasn't it? The Folgers lady.
3: Yeah, yeah Mrs. Olson. Yeah, yeah I am Mrs. Olson. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what did Mrs. Paul, Olson uh, do? Uh, I have oh, no right, idea, right. but I, I can tell you that, uh, Paul, right. I. Uh, the comments I've made in the past, I'm not going to retract those because no, I do. I'm i a very strong believer in people telling it like it is, as you know. But I am going to tell you that uh, I think you have a super show. Uh, I watch it every day. Okay. And I wouldn't miss it.
2: You, John, you and didn't hear about, what uh, John from Louisville said about you earlier.
3: Yes, years. I did. I okay. I, I was. I heard what John And John, you know, I... Uh, I have some opinions about your callers, and I'm not going to go there today. I may, I may but it I may could, one of these If I could days.
2: pose one question to you, because yes. yes. are you as curious about John as I am, Randy? Yes. John, let's talk about you for who are you. I mean, I don't, you don't need to give me your date of birth and your, uh-huh. your legal name, but, but give us a little bit of backstory on you.
3: Well, I'm just going to tell you, Paul, I will, as long as you're not going to turn this information nope. over to the FBI no, or the no, CIA. No, 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 uh, no, How, I how, how do I, Paul, here I go. How do I know you're not going to do that? Because I am going to <laughs> give you my word. Okay, well, what do you want to know about me? Well, I, want I just to want to know, what you're, you
2: know where you're from.
3: Uh, uh, let's see here. I'm from, uh, I live in St. Louis. I've been here for about 50 years. Uh I'm a big sports fan, big University of Missouri. I'm a basketball season ticket holder at the University of Missouri.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, I'm, a, I'm the biggest fair weather fan there ever was. I go back to the Dan Devine days oh, when my. I was a kid in football. Uh, great coach. Uh, also, like I called, I guess, last week and talked a little bit about uh, Coach Norm Stewart, who was an oh, yeah. excellent basketball coach there. I even remember uh, Warren
2: Powers at Missouri.
3: Yeah, Warren Powers was there for a while. I was not a big Warren Powers oh, fan. Was. I can tell you one thing uh, about about me and the people I run with, Paul. We we don't like Kansas, and yeah, no, uh, I, uh, yeah, we we don't have very much regard for their program. But anyway, I want to get back to just a comment here about okay, I, uh, the reason I, I like talking like to talking you. About himself. And talking about about your shows, I think I'm the, the only caller who calls up here, Paul, and doesn't really talk about sports much. I want to talk about The Godfather and Mo Green and, uh, you know, ranting and raving about stuff. But anyway, hey, you have a great show, Paul. And, uh, uh, you know, I am going to call uh in a day or two and i've been thinking about some things with uh the nature of my calls and i'm trying to change john is there would you like me to
2: uh reserve you a spot with the archbishop tomorrow
3: well he might be able to help a little bit on some things paul Uh,
2: i mean he he doesn't really offer specific help but uh he does offer spiritual
3: guidance right well maybe that might help out anyway uh Paul, I you know I talk to Dan all Daniel or Dan all the time yeah. and uh, do all those folks. I'm just curious, do they all work locally with you there at the station, or yeah. do they? Uh, no, uh,
2: the people that you normally would talk to that would be Luke, Dan, uh-huh. Dan Danny today or Jamari. Uh, aren't those the three uh-huh. men, uh Those are our right. uh, our three uh, our three producers. Okay. Okay, so
3: they monitor the calls yeah, and they we, take the calls. There used to be a
2: moment where we would have other people answer the phones, but we want uh-huh. we want the folks that run this show want to know who's calling in right. because it's such an important part of the show. We don't want to outsource it.
3: Right, that's a good thing. And one last comment I was going to say, Paul, did you like the comment I made yesterday about being mean-spirited? I, 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 that hurt me. <laughs> And also the I comment, and, I, by the way, I went home and cried
2: myself to sleep
3: John and the other the <laughs> other comment yes, and the other comment about uh what was it I said, I said, you don't show respect towards senior citizens no
2: so. I hey, thought that Paul, was, uh, you, uh john i i i I think you were right about all that.
3: Well, I may be, Paul, but, you know, sometimes I can get pretty wound up like John's. I think John, what was that term John from Louisville used? I had some kind of disease or some kind of a, yeah, it was ITF or something. Uh, I think he's right on there. Anyway, Paul, I'll catch you later. I'll call tomorrow. John, didn't didn't mean to hold you up.
2: Bye-bye. No, I I love Lucy's coming on here at 530. You know, I, I felt I felt better about that because he was sedated today. Uh, I tried to engage John in an unorthodox way yesterday. I, I just went right at it. Uh, John does not like—I uh, mean, John simply does not like the direct approach, does he? He—he uh, likes uh, yeah. to feel in control. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I felt better. Uh, I, I've been kind of short with people earlier and. All week, and I could I could lay it off on any number of things, but that's not the way we roll here. We just we face our problems head on in the mirror, which brings me to the next caller. Come right in, sir. Who are you? Uh, Larry from Shelby, buddy. <laughs> i tell it like it is, Jack. You sure do. That's right. Whoa. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and Larry from Shelby, answer me this: What should I do with this guy, John from St. Louis? Oh, you've been kissing
1: his rear for a long time. Dump his ass. <laughs> That's what i do with him. i dump him. Bye, John. See you in the news <laughs> That's what i do yeah, you, with him. You, 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 you ask guy, like
2: Larry a straight question. and That's what happens when you, uh, when you talk to an ex-Navy man.
1: Yeah, let me tell you something, uh, Paul. Talking about Georgia being number one recruiting, they yeah. got to be. They lost five, five stars, and eight, four stars down. All they doing is trying to make up what they lost. We got the number one receiver in the country, Ryan Williams. Check it out. Number it one out. receiver, the number one quarterback. Oh, hold, hold on a second, Larry. I,
2: I thought you did have the number one quarterback. We just had this guy on, Wilt Fong, and uh, he said uh, Lagway's the number one quarterback. <laughs> For Florida? No, said who? Cheyenne's the number Did you not hear that interview a minute ago? I heard. I thought I heard it correctly. He was. He was effusive. He said, uh, "Lagway is the most impactful quarterback in the country."
1: Really? I, I, who is this? Where do you get these people? Get it, yeah, hey, well, this you guy get came from twenty-four-seven. Uh, I make money off of. Get him back up and I'll make $100 real quick. Come on. I need some more gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. Hey, Paul, you know what, man? We, we rather rolling recruiting. And if Georgia fans can't figure out why they didn't get picked, figure it out, Georgia. You took the sissy way out. You didn't play Oklahoma. You played high school teams. And that's
2: what happens when you sissy. Sissy, sissy. You know what? Uh, you, you, know, you know what? Uh, Larry made a good point there. Georgia yeah. should have said, "We don't care. We're going to Norman anyway." They should have gone to Norman. Yeah. They could have lost a game, and that loss might have might have done something to them, and they would have. They could have won out. I mean, they they did it all wrong two years. Ago. They just they need to follow Alabama's lead and lose early. Yeah. There you go, and you get over the has mastered the idea of that mm. early. Loss. Right. He lost yeah, to AM two years, years ago. Baby. He lost to Alabama. Uh he lost to Texas this year. Last year he lost twice, but he 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 forgot. He 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 What when they we lost lose, when right? they lost at the end of the game to uh LSU he uh he it slipped his mind that they'd already done that to Tennessee. Why do
1: you want to bring all that up, Bob, when I'm in a good mood? Okay. You always want to bring that
2: crap in there, don't well, you? Well I Occasionally. Well,
1: yeah, put John back on
3: there.
1: Let <laughs> him no, beat not, you up a while. I'm not
2: talking to that guy again today. He scares me. Well, he's been whooping up in your ass. That's why. Hey, I want to say something about
1: that picture y'all got on ESPN of, of Coach Saban with a hairdo like you got. Man, I don't like that. Oh, which one's they that? They didn't get that off there and clean that up. Who did that? What are we talking about here? I like to whoop his ass. Who was it?
2: He's talking about who that old it? picture of Saban, uh, when Saban was uh, at, uh, we ran it a couple of days ago. Oh, for the Carly, yeah, man, yeah for, uh, like we had Rick Carly on. Yeah, who did that, man? Well, that was Saban uh, uh, in 2007, I think. Well, I ain't never seen that before. Y'all quit running that. That was oh, ridiculous. good you don't want to be reminded that Saban was once young?
1: Hey, he wasn't bald-headed.
2: Well, no, he's like never you. been like <laughs> you, Larry. You just uh, told he us something that none of us have ever heard What's that? Man, you, Paul, um, A
1: bird poop wouldn't stay on your head; it'd slide right out.
2: Larry, you sound like you're into the into the into the cups, as we say.
1: I might be. You might want to join me.
2: I would like Die to join. The whole crew you got might want to join me.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Larry, what's, uh, yeah. What do you, uh, Larry, do you have any plans for Christmas? Yeah, ho, ho, ho. Okay. I'm a, I'm going
1: party down. I'm gonna go like find that. me a woman this Christmas. We're I'm gonna, gonna about... give her a
2: Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Larry. We'll be right back. More to come.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch.
2: We uh, still have a couple more guests to talk to, and uh, a lot happening tomorrow when we'll uh, dig deeper into uh, what's behind this resurgence in the Florida State out of the ACC. That that had calmed down. Remember, they all sang Kumbaya for half an hour to uh, show their outrage, and uh, they scorned those who dared to bring up all the nefarious conspiracy theories that Florida State had done some of the damage to itself, and now they're going scorched earth again down in Tallahassee. Let's uh, check out Rocky in Mississippi. Hey, Rocky. Hey, Paul. How's it going, man? We're doing great. Thank you.
4: Good deal. Hey, I just want to know, all these players getting all this money from the NAL, where called, uh, how come they can't, instead of getting a scholarship, they get all that money? Somebody they can't play, play their own way through school and get a scholarship up
2: to somebody else. Let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. If I, if I own a car dealership, Rocky, you're, you got, you got a decent amount of money because you, and I offer you a free car, are you going to take it? Well, I mean, I want you in my dealership I and like I, want, it, I want everybody to see Rocky driving my trucks uh listen don't blame the player they're they're being they're being wooed they're being offered uh, they're being uh visited by these coaches they're, they're just taking what's offered to them they're not taking anything away from anybody else well i understand what you're talking about but i kind of feel like if you don't have so much money and you don't have so much pain well uh the, so, you know there's an old theory uh, it's an old i think it's an old cliche you can't be too thin or too rich yeah, I hear you, Paul. I have never, oh, yeah, met, I have never thinking. met a wealthy person uh, who wasn't trying to get more wealth, and usually at the at the expense of me. Uh, that, yeah, that, yeah, the taxpayers. Uh, I agree with you, by the way, Rocky. I mean, I, I but the different, the one thing I would argue back is that they're not taking a scholarship away from your daughter or son or your grandson. Those scholarships are paid for uh by other means uh by private donation uh what a, what, a, what an athletic scholarship represents is completely different than uh an academic scholarship i, I got uh, i got scholarship money to go to school because i couldn't afford it um that was provided for a combination of, of reasons most of it had to do with our uh our state of uh of of, of economics translation we didn't have the money uh, what's the, let's go to Walter next. Hey, Walter, go right ahead.
3: Hey, I was going to ask if you think, uh, Kirby Smart might go to Atlanta. And if he does, do you think, uh, Georgia will be as dominant as they have been?
2: Walter, I let's, let's talk this through like adults. Okay. We do, Can we both agree that Kirby Smart is a brilliant, uh, superb football coach? Yes, sir. Then if he is as smart as I think he is and you think he is, I cannot understand why he would leave what he has where he works with the athletic director and he works with the president in conjunction and they covet everything he does and he's where he's always wanted to be to go to work for a billionaire who became a billionaire because he was the owner of a, of a big company uh, that was trying to make a profit under the thinnest margins. And if the people that were conducting business for him were not making a big enough profit, he would simply fire them. Uh, so I, uh, I have a hard time, I don't know Arthur Blank. He's got a better reputation than most NFL owners, but uh, I've watched him hire and fire coaches left and right and uh, I don't know why Kirby Smart would subject himself to that the uh, the guy the guy ran Home Depot brilliantly I'm not, I'm not impressed with what he's done with the Falcons Okay thank you Thank you uh the other the answer is no I don't think he's leaving I don't even know where that started I mean I have no idea <laughs> Again, uh, again, uh, I would never put myself. If you control your job and Kirby Smart, con- uh, outside of Nick Saban, maybe equal to Nick Saban, nobody, nobody has a better setup than Kirby Smart. Why? Why would you go? Okay, I am going to abandon my my school. And the place where my kids are growing up and my wife went to school, I'm gonna drive, I'm gonna move up to Atlanta. And, and by the way, Blank is a, I mean, I I admire what he's done. I mean, he was in, he was in uh, retail his whole life. He and what was it, Stanley Margulis, uh, you know, built Home Depot into one of the great brands in the world. Uh, He played a critical role in, uh, in that stadium being built with the city uh, and, and state of Georgia, Atlanta and state of But, but NFL owners, uh, I mean, I watched Steve Spurrier go to the NFL. He didn't last two years. I watched Nick Saban go. Nick Saban left one of the greatest jobs in college football. He had built a program on the verge of a dynasty At LSU, how many how many national championships had Nick Saban stayed there? He went there uh, in 2000, was it 2000 or 2001, and left uh, at the end of the uh, five season, or was it the four season? The four season. Um, How many national championships do you think he would? He won. They won one right after he left. He would have won. There's no telling. First of all, that would have meant Alabama would, would, would not have. But it's, 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 truly, it's truly remarkable to think why Kirby Smart would give up what is right now, along with Alabama, as the, best, the two best programs in, in college football, to go, to go and have to start dealing with all the, the vagaries of getting the right quarterback, of the right draft choice. For, and for what, money? He's already making $12 million a year. How much money can he make? Uh, anyway, I, I, just, I, I appreciate the question, but I think it's ridiculous to, to think, okay, let's uh, see. Hear what, hear what Nick Saban has had to say, our first chance to listen to the coach after recruiting today. Well, you know, we,
5: our focus right now is on the game, right? I mean, we're trying to get ready for a game and i know we got to recruit uh and we're trying to recruit and uh there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of guys in the portal uh there's uh still some players out there that we're recruiting that we think are outstanding players so we're continuing to try to do the best job that we can in every regard from uh coaching our player standpoint to you know trying to get quality players to come here Uh, but you know the whole Recruiting process when we made an early signing date years ago, you know, we said this would become the signing date Well, it also just moved the recruiting calendar up like six months, all right, so Players visiting in the summertime. That's when most guys visit. I mean, we used to have tons of guys visit in January We'll have very few guys visiting in January So the whole thing is kind of just pushed forward. So um I I don't know how to answer. There's just a lot of things happening right now that take our time and focus and attention. Recruiting's important. The game's important. Our team's important. Um, So, and we're trying to, you know, manage our time the best that we can to do a good job in all those areas so that we can finish.
2: And that was Nick Saban, sounding uh, exasperated with having to uh, squeeze recruiting before the biggest game of the year. We take a short break. Speaking of that game, we'll talk a little bit about the Rose Bowl, what it means. Mark Shipper from 5th Down College Football will join us next.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
2: We are back and uh, we're getting pretty close to uh, next week when uh, Alabama will depart for the game we're all waiting for, the Rose Bowl game between the Tide and Michigan. Mark Schipper has been with us a, a number of times. Uh, this is a, uh, he's, he's a, he, we talked when he was touring the country. Uh, he's, he wrote a book. Uh, this is a program from 1927, Stanford. In Alabama, there is such great history. It's in fact, it's in the Alabama fight song. I remember the Roseville team? It's, a, it's in, indelible. Uh, the stories about uh, taking the, the train across the country. Mark, uh, it's been too long. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for uh, popping
4: back with us. And uh, how are you? How are you? Paul, great to be back. I'm doing great. I love this topic. And uh, I love the history because I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with how deep this goes with Alabama, the South and the Rose Bowl. Yeah, let's, let's,
2: give, let's give a tutorial. Uh, I've heard it from people who were there, and this was at the beginning of my career. Uh, it's kind of hard to find <laughs> too many now. Uh, but it, it is, uh, especially for Alabama, but I mean, the Rose Bowl itself speaks, it does speak for itself, but, but catch us up on, uh, oh, I don't know, about 100 years of tradition uh, but going back to the 20s uh, when Alabama first made that jaunt to what was the, and still is, the ultimate game.
4: Yeah, I I think the – so the first Rose Bowl was played in 1902. It went on a short hiatus. It wasn't popular enough. Michigan blew out Stanford. And the Rose Bowl parade went back to ostrich racing for a few years to entertain the people. But by 1916, they got back into football. The game started back up. And I think what people should know is, as you were saying, an older generation remembers this, but for anyone who's been around since 1946 to today, the Rose Bowl has been known as a Big Ten versus pac 12 game pacific conference game but from 1916 to 1945 it was a wide open game it started out being called the tournament east versus west game and it pitted the western champion versus the best team in the united states and for those years it was essentially a de facto national title game whoever won the rose bowl won the national championship
2: it's interesting because i in in all the years i've covered college football I, i i thought the rose bowl maybe got too much credit but i forgot uh how it really began so it, it and and i think the setting does speak for itself so when did all this start to
4: change well it changed right after world war ii the big 10 and and what was called the pacific coast conference then it's the modern pac-12 it's interesting history repeats itself the pcc uh, uh would, would later dissolve so this is actually the second time the pacific conference has dissolved. But In 46, they signed a contract with the Big Ten. The champions of each of those conferences would play exclusively in the Rose Bowl game. And that's when we got from 46 to basically 1998 when the BCS arrived. We had the Big Ten Pacific Conference champion game. But prior to that, it was the Pacific Conference champion versus the best team in the country. And it didn't really matter. The game actually started out being called the Tournament East-West Game. You'll notice the South was left off of that. So... Part of the significance of Alabama going in 1925-26, they were the first Southern team to play in the Rose Bowl, and it was a huge event because up to that point, Southern football was not considered up to snuff with the rest of the country. So Alabama went out there with the South behind it on a mission to vindicate Southern football, which is why, of course, it's in Alabama's fight song. It was, uh, it was the making of Alabama football.
2: And, and Mark, I, I think it's also worth pointing out, I want you to expound on this, Today, the Rose Bowl is very important it's iconic but but we all know that the number one sport in the country nationally is the n f l but if you go back to this period of time, is it fair to say that college football really trumped almost everything else
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah, the NFL did not start overtaking college football until the middle sixties really, the super Bowl era sixty seven is sort of when the n f l took over the a f l the nFL merged the Super Bowl became the the big game, um, but prior to that, college football was the, was the colossus of football in the country, and the Rose Bowl was, for many years, the only bowl game, and then for many years after that, by far the biggest. I mean, it was, it was the most attended by 30,000 people, the biggest payout, the most watched on TV. The, the Rose Bowl sort of sat at the top, and all the other bowls, copied, direct copies of the Rose Bowl, um, came after that. So yeah, the NFL didn't get past college football until the 60s.
2: And, and and Mark, I'll I'll let you do the answering, but uh, I'm I'm leaning on my own uh, feeble memory. But you know, if you go back to the mid to late '60s, uh, there were only a handful of bowl games, and on New Year's Day, I mean, you literally this is it was the biggest day of the year. You waited for whatever game started first, uh, the Cotton Bowl or the the Sugar Bowl or however uh, it was done, and and there were only a handful of games, so every game mattered uh, in such a magnificent and magnanimous way.
4: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. By the, by the, these games started the Rose bowl. Another first, the Rose bowl was the first nationally broadcast uh, championship football game in the country in the thirties. The, the other major bowls came along the orange bowl, the cotton bowl, the sugar bowl. And those four bowl games, they were all on TV by the mid fifties when, when TV got cranked up after the war and New Year's Day was the high holiday. You basically played back to back to back to back football games, four straight college bowl games, and that was the number one football day of the year. So I was, you know, I'm I'm not old enough to have experienced just those four bowl games, but I can even remember in the nineteen nineties when I was a kid, there were like eighteen bowl games. All of them were very important. And New Year's Day essentially was still just those games, plus you throw in the Fiesta Bowl. So uh, those those early bowl games are the reason why they get the status that they get and why they're considered first for the postseason is because they, they are the making of the college football postseason. They are what the postseason always has been.
2: Mark, I can remember as, as a kid, uh, there, there was occasionally you would see two at one time um, – that was just, could have been the cotton and the sugar. I really, I, I'm pretty sure that was because the orange was always at night and the rose, the rose uh, led into it. So there were four going on. Yeah. There were four one day, I think three on probably NBC. The cotton may have been elsewhere on CBS. And I was at one of my friends' house. I mean, we were eight or nine years old. So we had the main TV. And uh, his father wheeled in the portable TV. And we literally watched two games at one time. Yeah, well, that's how you
4: knew it was a big day in the old days when you were wheeling in the portable. That's that's when it was a big day of football.
2: <laughs> it was uh, it, was, uh, and uh, it would always bugged me about the Orange Bowl because uh, Christmas break ended uh, January second. You had to go back to school, uh, and <laughs> and I'm like fighting with my mother about staying up and watching. It was the Big Eight. Who was in the in the uh, in the uh, Orange Bowl, it was the Big Eight. I'm it was usually
4: to... it was the Big Eight champ versus usually uh, an independent right, team okay. or, or
2: some alternative selection. So you always had Oklahoma Nebraska, something like that, can't you know, yeah uh, versus somebody. Um, right. And, and and what's the deal on Notre Dame? Notre Dame didn't go to bowl games for a long time, did they?
4: Oh no, not for a long time. They, interestingly enough, it all goes back to the Rose Bowl. Newt Rockne's Four Horsemen team played in the 24-25 Rolls Bowl the year before Alabama went out, and then Notre Dame did not play in another bowl game until 1969. They played in the Cotton Bowl, and that's part, part of the reason they did that, Paul, is because in those days they named a national championship before the postseason. Right. It was a regular season sport, so once the regular season was over and a national champion was named, Notre Dame had their different alternative ideas about how long you should be playing football, and they said, listen, when the regular season's over, we're done. Mark, uh, in fact, Saturday night I was in Birmingham uh,
2: hosting a banquet that honored the last team to win a na- – it, it wasn't, this wasn't the reason. They were the first team, the uh, first desegregated team uh, to win a national championship. But this team that was being honored was the 73 Alabama team was the last team to win a national championship before they changed the rule uh, because they ended up losing the bowl game and <laughs> had a split, and it, it didn't, it, they, they 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 lost, I think, whether, whether it was the AP, I think it was
4: the AP, but they still won the national championship on the UPI. Yep. Yeah, there's a bunch of national titles you can go back and look at where uh, teams finished undefeated and then lost their bowl game and were still national titles. Some people have gone back and kind of retroactively changed those things, but that was, that was the crazy system we had at the time. College football has always done things its own way, and uh, it, it's left a lot of room for debate, that is for certain. So finally, enough of uh,
2: the history lesson, which I have thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, the idea that Alabama and Michigan are playing in the Rose Bowl from a historical standpoint—what does that mean to you?
4: Well, I, I love it. I'll tell you what—it's it, cool because at least uh, you know a Big Ten team is there, and it's uh, and it's uh, SEC team, and it's a great matchup. But the one I was hoping for is is kind of what we're talking about here. Alabama's first Rose Bowl, the twenty-five twenty-six, was oh, against yeah. the University of Washington. So. I, you know, we've seen how they manipulate rankings to do what they want to do with them. So I was hoping they would have find, found a way to put Washington number one, and then you could have put the Pacific Conference champion in the Rose Bowl, which would have been a great heritage-style move, had Alabama out, and we would have had a rematch of the 25-26 Rose Bowl, which was a, a magnificent game, 20-19, to 19, Alabama won. Star players all over the place. Um, and it would have been fun to... to Use all that history in the run-up to the game to show people what we're, you know, what pieces of the sport we're trying to preserve as we move forward into the new playoff era, and, and give them a glimpse into the past and sort of why things are what they are. People might wonder, well, why is Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, football power? And you can say, well, because they won the 26 Rose Bowl, and decided football meant the world to them. They advertised it in New York newspapers. They wanted out-of-state students. They said, come watch our championship football team. The South got behind and said, hey, college football is a big deal. We should all try to be like Alabama. I mean, it, it led into so many things that have created the culture of the sport today. I wish they would have done that. But, but that said, it's gonna be, it should be a fantastic game between Michigan and Alabama.
2: And the funny thing is, uh, this, and I've heard this a thousand times, a star uh, when I was growing up in Alabama, but the star of the uh, 25 Rose Bowl was a guy named Johnny Mag Brown. Later <laughs> became right? a, a famous Hollywood actor.
4: Johnny Mac Brown, Hollywood actor, Western star. And um, that was a regular thing for teams that went out to play in that Rose Bowl. Uh, L.A. was a much smaller town. Hollywood was a much smaller place. They had these good-looking college football players out there. The movie people would come down and say, come take a stream test. We want to see how you look on film. So not only Johnny Mac Brown in 38, when Alabama went back, Paul Bear Bryant was a young assistant coach on that team. It's actually the only Rose Bowl Alabama ever lost. Uh, the Hollywood people had Bear Bryant come out for a screen test. And um, it didn't work out. I can't remember who did it. It might have been MGM, but he didn't quite look on camera like he looked in person. And Bryant walked away from it. His famous quote was, they asked how it went with Hollywood, and they said that, well, they're trying to make silk purse out of a sow's ear. so I don't think I'm going to be in the movies.
2: <laughs> you know, Bryant would have been quite a, quite, a, quite a matinee idol. Hey, hey uh, Mark, this was fantastic. Really appreciate your, uh, your time. Hey Paul, appreciate you. I was glad to talk to you guys. You got it. wow, that was fun. I, I mean, I that was literally like going back in time. Uh, and what an amazing uh, recap there from Mark. We'll take a short break. I just looked at the time, and we didn't take a short break there.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
6: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
2: Are back and let's uh, check in with Jake, who is up next. Uh, hello, Jake.
6: Oh, he-
3: hello, Paul.
2: Hey, how are you?
3: I'm doing good. So, um, I'm a Florida Gator fan, and although we just uh, signed DJ Lagway, he's had a lot of decommits and players like Etn and uh, like Princey leaving.
6: Um, we have and we also have like the toughest schedule in college football history so do you think what do you think for the history of
3: oh my gosh the future of Billy Napier like what do you think that is looking like
2: well Jake he has to do something next year that he hasn't really done and that's uh, be consistent and I don't know how uh, and he's just gonna have to start beating uh, I mean he can't he can't throw away a game. Uh, I mean, I, you know, does he need to run the table? No, but he needs to have a convincing record. He needs to beat some schools that he hasn't been able to beat. I mean, he's done well. You know, he beat Tennessee. That was impressive. He had another – who was the other big win he had this year? Uh, he had a lot of big losses,
3: though. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's much easier coming up with the, the noteworthy losses uh, other than – beating uh, Tennessee. He beat, won South Carolina. Yeah, that was the game I was thinking of when they came yeah. from behind. But he really just didn't do enough. I mean, he almost beat Missouri. He almost beat FSU. He just, but he didn't. And next year, that, won't, that will not be acceptable. Hey, thank you very, very much for the call. Really do appreciate it. We head to the break. We have an hour to go on this Wednesday night.
0: You're listening to
4: the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.